by the time I got up to where the podium was and opened up my iPad, it had been sitting in the sun for so long that I opened it up and it said iPad unable to be used because of overheating. Hi, Vibers! Welcome to another episode of Vibing with Vi. Today we are joined with a very special guest of mine. He was my Link member, is a man of many talents, and was featured on an episode of Tosh.0. Please give a warm welcome to Jordan Richardson! Vibers and Violet, how's it going everybody? How are you doing today? I am wonderful. I can't complain. You know, we look like we're going to get an extra week of summer by the Sounds of the Weather Network. So, I mean, no complaints on my end. How about you? I, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm vibing with that, actually. You know, I've been feeling really good. And uh, especially as we get into September, which will be full on wedding, wedding season, like, uh, like generally to a weekend. It's, you know, having this beautiful weather, I couldn't ask for more in terms of, you know, being able to go out, do my job to the best of my ability. So. Yeah, so let's talk about you in terms of what do you have going on? Because my three things that I noted here was I wanted to talk about your marathons, your DJing, and your wedding officiant. So yeah. like, what do you want to get started with? Because do you have anything else on the go? I know you're working out like crazy too, so. Yeah, you know, I also, I work at Athletic Culture. So I just, you know, I do like overnights there, which is just like a nice way for me to decompress during the week. And also like, you know, even though it'll be two or three in the morning, sometimes I'll get a lot of emails and contracts sent out to brides and grooms while I'm at the gym. So that works out really nice for me. Uh, and then also I'm in the middle of uh, transitioning from uh, managing the one hockey team I was with just because we're not going to be operating for this season. I've got a pair of offers uh, for two other teams as well. So I'm just uh, in the middle of, you know, trying to stay as busy as possible. But uh, whatever you wanted to start with, I'm fine with that. Okay, well, I have to ask, first of all, how are you juggling all of these things? Do you sleep ever? Hey, I generally sleep from, uh, I'll get off work at, you know, 6 a.m. I'll sleep at 7 a.m. until probably around noon or one. And then I'm up and ready to go for the day, so. Holy, you're doing the most. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, when you started doing marathons and what kind of, you know, inspired you to do this. I know you did that 365-day challenge which I followed really closely. So if you want to maybe talk about that. Yeah. So the the basic start of what got me going with the marathons was actually even, even prior to that, you know, I was just trying to make an an effort to try and become a little bit better each day. So whether that, that meant becoming more introspective as a person or whether that meant taking the time to truly listen to people, like more than, than you would on a normal basis. A lot of times you'll have a conversation and it's like, oh yeah, like, like that type of thing, taking the time to actually communicate properly with people, let them know that they have value. And so I was really just taking that time, especially during pandemic wise, when we had so much time to, to really focus on what, what a better version of myself was and, and how to get there. And then throughout that, I was at the gym and I started something called Mount Everest for November. And so okay. essentially I was, I was going on the Stairmaster every day for the, for the month of November. And I would climb total in the month, uh, the amount that Mount Everest would be. So I think it was 3,871 flights of stairs. So I did that throughout November. And when I was done, it was just, I, know, I went in there and I didn't really know what to do. So I just went back on the Stairmaster because I was <laughs> like, you know, why not? Uh, of all the things, at least this will get my workout going for the day. And then I looked across at the mural on the wall and I saw Terry Fox there. And I I just kind of thought back over November and, you know, the times when it would get hard on the Stairmaster, I'd go, I'm at the 45 minute, the hour, the hour 15 marks, like, oh, yeah, like I could really go for stopping right now. And then I would just kind of look across at Terry Fox and I'd be like, well, you know, he didn't stop until cancer came back. And right. so over the over a couple of days after that, I really just sat on it a little bit more because I wanted to keep doing something else just because trying to become better is a great goal, but also at the same time, I wanted something that would keep me on track, something that I could actually go out and do something tangible every day. I did the research and looked up how many kilometers were left when Terry Fox had to stop running in, in Thunder Bay. And I made it a goal of mine to, to finish that off. 
there were a couple of different time changes in terms of I wanted to do it over the course of a full year, but then I also wanted to finish it off on Terry Fox Run Day, which cut the cut the timing by about a month and a half. So I had to squeeze in a lot oh, more wow. a lot more running than I than I had anticipated at the time. So it was going to be ten kilometers a day for three hundred days. Then I had to like shorten that. So I ended up doing, I think, probably 30 to 35 half marathons, about four marathons, including on the last day. And I raised uh, about $10,000 for cancer research along the way. So it was just really uh, it's something that I'm really proud to have said that, that I was able to do. So, yeah, that was really cool. I know I followed that journey for a while. I saw it. first you were doing the 365 challenge and I was watching you post all your videos and like there's times where I'm like I don't know how he's still doing this because like I would watch you and and I liked how transparent you were as well when you were doing that 365 challenge and checking in and being really honest with your viewership just your hard days and your days that you really just didn't feel like you could do it and then watching you do the Terry Fox run was just incredible I just remember like being behind my phone being like yes Jordan like get it and like following everything when you posted the day and and like trying to find everybody's stories that I thought might be with you or see you so it was very incredible to watch that I didn't realize you raised that much money either so I mean that's amazing that you were able to do that I I don't know how you did it because that's a lot like you you (laughs) must have been dead just like it it was a lot of going out it was a lot of going out and then coming back and then just like laying down with like ice packs on my knees for like an hour at a time like I would go out and then there was a lot of pain in my like my hips and my knees the same way with 365 day challenge you know the same way with that I was trying to be as transparent as I could with with running too and some days it was like oh my gosh like it's it was a grind to go out and get you know five kilometers done or like especially the day after like a full marathon which I did four times it was it was the day after that like going out and get something done but at the same time like oh my gosh my body is is in a lot of pain taking the time to to share your experiences good and bad really can help give a voice to other people to do the same right a lot of people you know either only want to share the good things that are good they're going through or you want to kind of hide when they're going through tough times for me someone that is generally in a good mood and happy and stuff if i can take the time to share when i'm going through a rough day or a bad day then maybe that'll allow somebody to to reach out to to a friend or a family member when they're having a hard day and talk about it they're not good might not get on instagram and post a video but you know they might have the the wherewithal at that point to, to reach out with a phone call and so that's that's kind of what I wanted to be able to to provide, show people that they could do. And it looked like you had like a really big support system too throughout it, especially even like the end of your uh, Terry Fox marathon. It, it looked like there was some people that were walking with you for a little bit as well and some yeah. signage. So did you have a lot of like friends and family that were doing any of your walks with you or just kind yeah. of cheering you on? Yeah, I'd say my number one was probably my dad. So he came out a few different times. I think of the four marathons that I did, he did three of them with me. Wow. Uh, yeah. And he's a, he's a big runner as well. And then all my friends and my family at the same time, they, they were so supportive as well, especially on that last day coming into, into Meridian place downtown, seeing all the signs and everybody. It was, it was wild. It was euphoric <laughs> to say the least. Like when I, when I came in, now, knowing that it was all done, but that I had so much support throughout it, it, it really just, you know, allowed me to, to kind of, after the fact, reflect in the in the time I was caught up in the moment. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just looked back and couldn't be more grateful of all the support that I had. Yeah, that's so cool. I honestly admire you so much for doing that. Normally, I forgot. Normally, I usually tell people how I know my viewers, but I was just so excited to talk about your Terry Fox Marathon. So, For people listening in, you know, actually, Jordan and I have known each other for a really, really long time, dating back to your first week uh, in grade nine high school when I was your link crew leader. And then, you know, we kind of knew each other a little bit, then dropped off. And then I would see you high school here and there. And then it wasn't until like, after when I was in college and your sister and then just kind of more connections throughout time. So it's funny how small your circle can be and then how quickly it grows. And then even working out at World Gym or at Boss, like I would always see you 
everywhere. Like, I feel like you, you had your hands in every pot, wherever you could, but in the best way possible. You were, you're always a sunshine. Like every time you would go anywhere, whether I was talking to you, everyone would always light up and be like, Oh my God, it's Jordan. And always so happy to see you. So, I mean, it's been a long time that you and I have known each other. So I had to sprinkle that in a little bit. (laughs) About 14 years since, since you were introduced to, to, you know, little tiny Jordan Richardson before grade nine. I know you with like your bright blonde hair and your shag. That's what I always picture. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> and like, I, then I picture different times that I've seen you. Like, I'm pretty sure I saw you one year at Boots and Hearts too. I know you, you love your Boots and Hearts. You were just there bartending, right? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was really fun. Do you do that every it, year or is that just like a one-off kind of thing? So I just kind of got it, got started back into back into going to the festivals but this side on the on the bartending side and kind of a little bit I just kind of behind the scenes with everybody else that's bartending there too so it's been it's been awesome so I was able to do Veld and oh, you did and Veld too wow yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so it, it, it it's wicked <laughs> you get yeah, a backstage was... pass kind of just watching from there you don't really have to pay drink some exactly. drinks I'm sure it's a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, they, 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 they put me on the bar that they want all the money to be made at. They're like, hey, JR, yeah, he's a fast guy. He works good. He's a happy person. He's going to get people, yeah, bang, bang, bang. Let's get your drinks going. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, one thing that I noted here, and I had to ask so, you were making me die during COVID when it was like some of the like crappy times where everyone was in a bad mood, and you would post those pictures or the videos of you on your like lawn chair with the signs. Like every day it was like some different sign. What made you start doing that? I honestly, I don't know. I don't even remember what the very first one was. Like, I was just like, oh, I think this would be really, really funny. And, and like, there was like an Instagram account, like guy would sign in like New York. And I'm like, oh, yes, like, imagine, yes, like, imagine that one. was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, imagine that was like in our community. I was like, that'd be super, super funny. And then, yeah, it just kind of took off. And then what are some fun things that happened throughout that? Oh, I got probably three or four pineapple pizzas sent to me one day. What? Because uh, I said I, I was out there with a sign that said pineapple does not go on pizza because I'm not a pineapple on pizza person. And I think just out of yeah, out of spite for the joke, I got about four pizzas sent to me that day. And I actually I ended up finding out who it was, but she like had like multiple of her friends call and like send pizzas from like different places. So that's so fun. Once- kept coming and I'm like, I didn't order. I'm like, they're like, it's already paid for. I'm like, okay. <laughs> You're like, it's it going up. in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. ate, ate it with cheese, just scraped all the pineapple off. So not for me. That's so funny. Yeah, I think yeah, I swear one of the first ones that I remember seeing is something to do with McDonald's. Oh, I was I was I went to a McDonald's at one point with with the sign and my chair. We set up real quick and I said, I said, I I I said no pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Just the classic, just whatever you ask for at McDonald's. Like fifty percent of the time, you're gonna get it. The other fifty percent of the time, they're in there. You know, yeah, doing loads. Like, hey, yeah, just McDouble, yeah. <laughs> then yeah. it ended up it ended up stopping because one of the last ones that I did was you honk, I drink. Oh and, yes, I remember that one. <laughs> which I which I thought was hilarious, and you know, I'm allowed to do that on my property, but what I'm not allowed to do apparently is ask them to honk because the neighbors called the police. And so the police came and I was like, like, I don't think I'm breaking any laws. Like, I, I said, I think I'm, I'm able to do this. And they're like, you're not allowed to ask them, like ask the public to like honk at you. Cause that's like, like inciting like noise. I'm like, Oh my gosh. And I ended up getting into it with my neighbors at that point too. I was just like, are you got like, you couldn't have walked nine feet over and said something like you called the police. Like, yeah. I'm like, are you kidding me? So at that point, I would, I would like mainly when I was out there, people would honk like pretty often that day more so. Yeah. But like, you know, I'm doing something funny and like people are like, ah, yeah, like it's essentially a hand clap in a car. I, I and then at that point, I went a few more, but I would just go out there for like one second, take the picture and then go right back inside. I'm like, oh, my God, I was like, I don't want these people to call the police on me. <laughs> yeah, that's a little ridiculous and a bad way to use resources. Like yeah. they could be what doing you- so much better. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you what are you in for i sat at the end of my driveway with a sign and uh people honked at me so you know <laughs> i'm looking at some hard time <laughs> yeah seriously okay so djing 
when did you start DJing? How did you get into it? Are you still doing it? You got to tell me all these things. Yeah. So I've always kind of been like super, super into music. My parents have a business and they have for about 25 years where they DJ and, and bartend for weddings. And so they've had that going since I was a little kid. So I've always kind of been around, you know, weddings and events and stuff like that. And then I, I'd say I kind of personally got more into it as I was growing up after high school, I got really into music. And then I ended up working in music in a way when I was at crossovers for nine years at the strip club. So I was, <laughs> I was DJing there and then also like doing the announcing. So every four or five minutes I jump on and I go, all right, guys, that beautiful girl is Sapphire. Two more songs. Then we're going to be welcoming up Stephanie. And I would just like do that over and over and over again. I started booking myself out for weddings for DJing about three years ago and it was going really well. And then I just, I don't know how I came across the opportunity or the thought, Oh no, I do actually. It was, it was a, a couple from the gym that had asked me about getting ordained to marry them as well. And I wasn't actually able to do their wedding, unfortunately. It was just a really cool opportunity for me. And I looked into it and it was a little bit pricey, but I was like, I, if I could offer this alongside DJ services, I was like, that's like, you know, essentially a one-stop shop for two of your, two of your vendors for your wedding. Right. And so I started advertising back in January for DJ and officiant services. And then I got booked up for all of this year. Most of next year, maybe six dates left that I'd like to book. And then I'm booking it in 2024 now as well. So it's just been, wow. it, it, it's been phenomenal response. I haven't had, knock on wood, I haven't had a bad review at all. Everything's been been amazing in terms of the experience that I'm able to bring. But it's... um. It's a lot about just like getting people out there and, and the lifeblood of every of every wedding or event in terms of music is going to be the throwbacks. And so I'll, I'll you know, I'll do a little bit of research. I'll go, you know, how old is this bride and groom? Perfect. All right. So what age were they in high school at that point? What were they listening to when they were making the memories with their friends in college and stuff like that? So I have like a general year by year. And then I go, okay, if they're this age, what age are their parents probably? Okay, so these are songs that they might want to hear on that night that's going to get the older crowd out there as well. So it's just a, a balancing act of making sure that the, the party for somebody's one of the best nights of their life is, is going to be going good. That's so cool. I didn't realize that it took off that quickly for you. I thought that you were doing weddings like for the past couple of years. I, I So I, I had got ordained a couple of years ago and then just I didn't really book anything just because we happened to be going through a pandemic. And so there was a lot of not happening weddings. Right. So then I, I just completely just kind of ignored everything wedding wise for about a year in 2021. Just didn't even didn't even think to you know, advertise or book anything just because of the, the political climate that we were going through at the time. And then, yeah, 2022 rolled around. And I had already been reached out to by a couple of people. And I was like, okay, I was like, I think I could really focus on this like as a business, like as me, me coming up, creating this and allowing other people to reach out to me and book. And yeah, it's been, it's been wild. The amount of times I have to say like, no, cause I'm already booked is crazy though. And so wow, my dad actually, who, who has his business with my mom is actually considering also getting ordained right now so that I can book him as well for weddings too so sorry so is it called ordained i've been saying wedding officiant is that two different no, things so, so, so like if you're ordained then you are a wedding officiant like oh uh, okay think, yeah so <laughs> that's really cool okay but i want to go back when did you start at crossovers and how did that come to be i started so i left this year and it was at nine years so that yeah, i started in 2013 a year after high school i'd say maybe yeah, maybe just shortly after that. And so I, I knew that I wanted to do like something like in music. And I, I went back actually just before I left crossovers recently. And I was looking just for nostalgia factor. I just wanted to figure out when exactly I had applied for crossovers and what at the time. And so at the same time I applied for crossovers, I applied at Tim Hortons and at like, I don't know, like Lowe's or something. And yeah. I'm like, to just imagine like the, the three different paths that that would have been <laughs> if I hadn't ended up at the strip club. But I got a response back. And then my uncle does a lot of the sound systems in Barry too. Mm -hmm. And so he had uh, he had reached out to crossovers and said, yeah, my nephew's got like a really good personality. I think it'd be a good fit. 
And I started there just doing one or two daytimes a week. And then by the time I was leaving, I was doing every single Friday and Saturday night. I was, I would have a lot of friends visit me, visit <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going, yeah. We're going to visit, we're going to visit JR at the strip club. And I'm like, hi, oh, you're coming to visit me. A lot of times they would sit with me in the booth and I'm yeah. going to be honest about that too. I didn't even look at the girls after day. I don't know. The, 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 the girls got boring on day four five after that i was just like oh my gosh this is like the same thing i'm like it's drama more so than anything so i would just like watch netflix i'd have a headphone in my ear i'd be doing my job well but i would just like try my best to just like shut off and ignore anything that was happening like interpersonally between the dancers i'm like i don't want to be involved in any of your drama (laughs) that's fair i feel like they could make like a reality tv show about that it would probably be good i'd watch it (laughs) 100%. they good. All right. So now let's talk about your music in terms of like what you like. So what's your preferred genre of music? This is such a tough question. <laughs> I, I'm, I love good music. I like music that just like vibes and has like, you know, nice rhythm to it. I, if I had to pick a genre, honestly, I probably really would say that country is my favorite but other than that and even though like indie isn't really like a genre like just like independent release but just like a lot of like that like softer like pop style like music too like i'm like super into that i'm like okay like this is great and like you can tell that like an artist like really like put their everything into it when they're like doing like an independent release yeah and yeah, and, and I, I really enjoy that. But country has always had a special place just because growing up, my dad would always sing like country songs to my mom and we would like listen to country all the time. I do have a definitive answer for least favorite music, and that is today's mumble rap. And, and I'm not saying I don't like rap music or hip hop music, but I am saying that like, if it's hard to understand while you're listening, then I think that you're not doing a great job of conveying what you're trying to say. And so- it's, what what's a mumble rap song that you can think of off the top of your head? Because like I feel like I know what you're talking about, but I can't oh, think of a song. I was I was just like anytime I go through TikTok, like, like like New Music Friday or anything like that, and I'm looking to see what's come out this week. Like the first like five or five of the first ten are always just like mumble rap, but just like Migos, like I'm just like I'm like relax, like let's let's have like good music and like I w- I want to hear your lyrics and like even when like someone like Eminem like goes fast, like he's still like very much like enunciating and like you you understand like what they're saying. So, yeah, you still get the point of whatever 100%. the song's supposed to be, not just. Uh... And that's what I want. Like I want to like <laughs> if are you telling a story? I don't know. Like I want to know if you're telling a story or something. Like what are you what are you talking about? that's so funny all I can think of is like one of my favorite songs and like I didn't even know who it was until two days ago it's like that young gravy like I don't know why that's his name but like the one song they has it always plays on the radio and I I was just listening to it on my way home and I'm like god I'm ashamed (laughs) to say that I like us I like an artist named young gravy like what's it gonna be fried potato next like come on oh heck yeah yeah, Young Gravy and MC Chicken. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, now let's talk about when you're actually DJing. What's your sort of strategy to get, like, the crowd going and, like, get them really amped up? I know you said you played some oldies, but do you have, like, a specific song that, like, you know that no matter what crowd you have, you can play and it just gets everybody going or something that you do? Oh, I, ju- I just mentioned this the other day to somebody and there's probably, there's a good chunk of them, but I'd say like three or four that just like, no matter what, will get people dancing. Auden here by Nelly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, but yeah, by Usher. Oh, yeah. Uh, a, a really good one to, to, to get everybody singing together is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Oh, I never would have thought of that. Oh, oh it, it's insane. Like, it's just such a everybody's on the dance floor singing together and then forever by chris brown is another one that people just love to just like go out and get like no (laughs) matter what the age is like the the first two might be a little bit more like younger generation you might not see grandma out there you know busting (laughs) a move to to, you know yeah by by usher Uh, (laughs) those those songs i get and i can get people up and going and then from then on i can transition to 
whatever I need to next. And it's a lot of like feeling the room. Like a few weeks ago, I was doing like a, like a Greek style, like wedding too. And so I knew from beforehand from, from what they had written down that their guests might want to hear that I was going to be playing like a lot of like ABBA and stuff that night. And so it was a lot of ABBA, not just like the hits. We're talking like deep cuts from ABBA. (laughs) That's fun though. I bet that's kind of like interesting kind of being able to tailor it specific to the crowd and not always playing the same music over and over again, kind of making it like exactly unique to them. So how long Mm -hmm. typically does it take you to get prepared for when you have to do a gig? You know, I'd say I do communication like with the bride and groom beforehand through the course of a few months just like emails here and emails there there's certain things that i have to make sure that i communicate with them like what they want to hear for their first dance and stuff like that you know whether or not they're going to be doing any formal parent dances and so coming back back and forth from that i generally kind of get an idea what their taste is and then I'll, i'll say things like hey is there anything that you for sure do want played or for sure don't want played and that'll kind of you know open up a little bit more into you how they feel about certain music. And then I'd say if I have a wedding on the weekend, I'll try and spend at least one or two days just kind of preparing for that for that wedding, just getting everything ready to go. And then yeah, going into going into the Friday or the Saturday or the Sunday, just feeling confident with it. And do you have to like set up a lot of equipment? Like I don't know what it's like DJing these days. Yes. It- so like I bring like like my mixer, you know, like my laptop and everything like that. I have my speakers and my speaker stands. Um, I have a facade that I set up on the table just like for a little bit more privacy. You don't see any wires or like laptops or anything. Just makes it look a little bit nicer too. Yeah. Um, And yeah, so it's not like a whole lot of setup or anything. Usually takes me about 15, 20 minutes to get good to go, get everything tested. And then, yeah, I kind of start just playing some softer music just for recessional, just prior to to, to when the bride's getting set up to go down the aisle. I'll have a little bit of soft music playing. And then that's kind of like the same like style for cocktail hour. And then after dinner is when we get into like the let's get going. Like, okay, it's your wedding day. Like, I want to see your your auntie on the dance floor. Like, you know, shake it. <laughs> That's so fun. So are you finding, like, I guess now that you've broken through doing so much wedding stuff, especially this year, are you finding common trends with like specific types of music? Like I know pre-COVID I was noticing a lot of when the grooms were going down the aisle or even sometimes the brides that it wasn't always the traditional like here comes the bride or traditional music it's a lot of like game of the thrones instrumental or something like that are are you finding that that's more of a common theme or are people going back to tradition or is it just a mix up i think it's i think it's a mix of but even a mix of is a lot is a lot different than what it used to be right because it used to only be traditional unless it was like one wedding every like you know 20 30 weddings you might hear something like pretty unique now it's like you know one every three weddings like i'll have something like unique that i'm playing and so it's still like a mix but like having that mix now is is such a a differentiator from what it was used to what it used to be in the day and then some new trends that have kind of been popping off like flower or like beer boys now or like men like that's like probably the number one trend i've been seeing over the last year year and a half is like to have like like the guys with the fanny packs with the flowers or stuff like that <laughs> or i've seen them handing out beer out of like buckets like <laughs> wow yeah it, it, and fun fun stuff like that or for grand entrances a lot of times now they'll involve like drinking or something like people will go in like and do shots like the like a groomsman and a bridesmaid or something like that so, you know, just, just essentially taking it and making it more fun. A lot of, a lot of brides and grooms are more interested in doing nowadays. They don't want to, they don't want to have somebody go through 45 minutes of somebody talking and not having a good time. Like I have a couple more weddings that are coming up and they've got some cool things planned as well. But yeah, so yeah, it's a lot less traditional, but it's still a, a nice mix as well. I'm still going to hear a thousand years, like every third wedding, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's I like love a that. I love that song. So <laughs> that's a classic. That's a classic. Now, when you're DJing, do you take song requests or do you? Oh, usually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I take song requests to a, to a point. Like if I know that I play a song and 90% of the people on the dance floor are going to leave that dance floor, 
then I'm probably not going to play it. But if I can mix it in well, and you know, it's a it's a good song that that goes with what everybody's doing, hundred percent. So I'm, okay, I'm so what's the best here. and worst song request that you've had, oh. if any? I can't think of the worst, but I know that I actually did it and people legitimately went like sat down, but it was like the groom's sister. And I really just wanted to look at her and go, do you, do you see what just happened? I said, you're the only person on the dance floor. I'm like, this is your brother's wedding and his friends are all sitting down now because you asked for this song. What are the, what's the best, the best song requests are usually like family based. Like if I get, if I get home for a rest as a, as a song request, which is just a really fun song, I know that I know that that person's family is all going to be on the dance floor with them. So that's really fun to do. What's what's your best experience that you've had DJing, whether at a wedding or something else? Something that sticks out? Ooh, that's an interesting question. I like they're all so much fun, but honestly, one doesn't even just specifically pop into mind. I just every kind of one of them I go into and, and have a, have an experience at that wedding. And so I, I can't think of one specifically because every every wedding has, has a unique piece to it. And I'm like, oh, this was really cool to have been a part of or like, that's awesome. What, at one wedding, it was really fun. All the guys were asking me to play like like hardcore punk covers of like popular songs. And so that was a really fun time because they were just all like singing it. There was like eight or nine guys, but it was the groom <laughs> and his best friends all on the dance floor, just absolutely shouting and singing. So that was that was a really fun time. Okay, now let's talk about you being a wedding officiant. So you kind of briefly said that your dad's thinking about becoming one, but did you say that your parents were kind of in the wedding game too before? Yeah, yeah. So they they uh, DJ and bartend weddings, and they've been doing that for about 25 to 27 years. So is that what kind of sparked your interest in kind of getting into that, being around it or knowing that they were doing it? Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah, just being there being at weddings all the time. And then from, from when I was old enough, I would go like with my mom and just like, you know, help out the catering company, like bus tables or something like, or just like hang out under the DJ booth table, like with my dad and like those pictures of like me as a kid, just at a bunch of different like weddings and stuff. It definitely inspired me to be like, I think that this is something I would want to do. And then just watching, especially on the DJ side of it, just watching my dad, you know, just kind of be able to, to, feel a room and get everybody up and dancing i think that that was that was mesmerizing to me i'm like oh yeah i could you know i could press play and have these people dancing too you know so no wonder you're social butterfly because you've been in social settings since like the beginning right (laughs) since since i was just like a wee a wee boy i love that i love that so what would be like one of your favorite parts of being a wedding officiant is it like the opportunity to maybe do it for your friends or just being a part of the general ceremony. I, I'd say, yeah. Like, and I, and I tell people this and I had to tell a bride or yeah, a bride not long ago that, um, that I could no longer do on her day because one of my friends said, uh, at, at, it was actually Matt, actually it was Matt had, had picked a, had picked a day and their venue was only available on a specific day when I was already booked. And I had to message him and go, Hey, like, the reason I got into weddings, especially on the officiant side, was, you know, be able to marry my friends and stuff. So I, I can't do your wedding because, you know, one of my friends is now getting married on this day. That's that's super important to me to be, to be able to do that. And, you know, throughout the process of getting the ceremony all set, I get to know, like, the engagement story a little bit deeper. And, you know, I get to, you know, read what they once said during their ceremony. And so that's really special. Is it? Again, we're going to go back to traditional. Do you find that people are personalizing their ceremonies a lot? Because like when I think of like a wedding ceremony, I think of like the really long, like drawn out, like back to back. But I watch really crappy reality TV, like Married at First Sight. And I'm noticing that they're tweaking, like even just the beginning is maybe not as long or more personalized. Are you noticing that as well? Yeah. So so the way I do it actually is I have... um an online ceremony like resource site. And so I'll take all my brides and grooms through that. Um, and so they can actually, you know, piece together and let me know exactly what they want it to sound like. Cause you know, it's not my day, it's their day. So whatever they want it to sound like, they want to have 
quotes from Harry Potter or something during their <laughs> ceremony. Like I don't, I don't mind that. Like I'm, I'm perfectly fine. So, but yeah, I, I would say it is a lot more custom based nowadays rather than traditional. And it's, it's a lot farther away from religious nowadays too. So it's a lot more non-denominational in terms of the ceremony. So have you had anybody do anything fun like that? Like Harry Potter quotes or like movie quotes or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had I've had a bunch of that stuff actually slipped in. I've done a reading from from Game of Thrones, I believe it was. What else? I do have one really really funny story from yeah you have from to tell being me. an officiant. So it was I was doing an outdoor wedding for a girl that I've known since we were in probably grade three or four. We were staying up at this at this campground. It was amazing. And she wanted to have her aunt involved. So I was like, okay, perfect. Yeah. Like the first like little bit of the of the ceremony, you know, like thanking everybody for getting here, you know, the first reading and everything like that. I said, yeah, she could absolutely do that. I don't really need to be involved until, you know, the I do's and the ring exchange and the statement of intent. So we were getting everything set up and I use an iPad for everything. So I had double checked everything, made sure that we were all good to go. So as the ceremony starts, I just kind of placed my stuff up on the podium, was waiting for the aunt to get through her stuff. By the time I got up to where the podium was and opened up my iPad, it had been sitting in the sun for so long that I opened it up and it said iPad unable to be used because of overheating. And so at that moment, and it was actually like on video and they said to me afterwards, they're like, we thought you got really emotional like during the ceremony there, like you had to pause before you got started. And I said, I was pausing to figure out what to do. I said, I didn't have any of my content in front of me at all. And so I went completely off book for the ceremony. I had people coming up to me going like, oh, it was so beautiful. I'm so glad they got you. I'm like, I did that from memory. I'm like, I'm glad that I went over that a few times and I have done multiple weddings because that was, I don't know if any of that was what they wrote, but that was exactly the <laughs> wedding. And I got through every part of it. And then by the time they were signing the documentation, I had held the iPad under my, like my, my, where my suit was and my, by my arm for, for long enough. Yeah. And I had it back and I was like, okay, perfect. But at that time I was like, I'm just going from, you know, whatever. Like when they were doing the ring exchange at one point during the ring exchange, I was like, and one ring and then like one ring. And I'm like, don't say to rule them all. I'm like, oh my God. I was like, tonight to unite each other in love for the rest of your lives. And I'm like, oh. That's so funny. Did you tell your friend after the fact? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Was she just laughing? She's like, whatever. Is oh yeah, good. she was. She was like, she was like, it sounded amazing. She sent me like the video. She's like, you still sounded like amazing. Like, like nothing was off except for like the pause right as soon as I walked up to the front. You should have just started crying, and they would have been like, <laughs> "Wow, he's so into it." How oh my so gosh! <laughs> what um, a beautiful wedding! I can't hold it together. I need ten minutes. <laughs> somebody give me five to nine minutes in the shade. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, I have just a couple more questions here. I want to ask you just about hockey and how you started, you know, being a coach, if you're also playing, because I know, I think I remember at one point you might have played it. I don't know if you still do. So yeah, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so so I got involved in hockey about 10 years ago. So I was just like hanging out with my friends and they were playing junior hockey. And so I would just go to the rink with them, ended up getting involved just kind of doing like equipment managing and stuff for the team. And then uh, two years after that, I got brought on to a different organization as uh, game day operations. And so I was doing that. I was doing, you know, PA announcing music, making sure everything's set up for the game, looking after volunteers and stuff. And that was a, that was a really fun experience. Uh, they also signed me that year to serve as one of the goaltenders too. So I, I don't play as much anymore, but that was a really cool experience because we ended up winning the championship that year. Nice. Uh, and then from then on, we relocated that franchise and we moved over to Alliston where I've been for the last six years. And so the first year I was doing game day ops, same as I was in Tottenham. And then I got the opportunity to move into management as the assistant GM to one of my close friends who's now with the Barry Colts. And then the last two spent as the GM. But now that I'm, now that I'm, I'm, I have my wedding business and everything, I'm actually looking to take a step back from management side and right. move more into game day operations, just because that's something that I can go and do I not have to worry about, you know, what I'm doing on a Friday or a Saturday. You know, I can just make sure that everything's good to go on game day and I'm okay with that. And yeah, so I, right now I'm, I'm considering options from two different teams. 
I'm just really excited to be moving forward and I'm blessed for the opportunities that I've had in hockey. So it's just been really unique kind of the way that my path has taken me, but I'm, I'm really blessed. I feel like all of your opportunities that have came around you have centered under like a couple of commonalities of you doing some sort of public speaking. (laughs) And then as well as you just being like customer facing, like just interacting with people, your social butterfly. So I I understand why that comes when you get to do this other position of being more of like operational than management, do you still get to be involved with the players? Cause I know that's a big part of why you enjoy doing it. It looks like you always have such a, a nice relationship with all the teams. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll get to to oversee player development as well, but a lot of times just be at the same time. This is something that I've especially stressed over the last two years is just, well, we want to have good hockey players. You know, I want to make it a focus to also have good people. Have, have good young men come out of their program and, you know, be be vital to the success of the people around them and themselves. And so that's that's kind of where my focus is. And I've been able to have really good relationships with a lot of a lot of great young men. So it's been it's been awesome that uh, that I've been given that opportunity. I've watched them go away to play professionally, to, to play in school, to become fathers and, and husbands. And so it's been it's been awesome. That's very, very cool. OK, I have two questions. I have to just even just laugh about it for a second that video that you had go on posh.0 of your ankle how did that happen how first of all like what were you doing that you injured your ankle tell the people and why did it end up on tv so i'll start from the beginning from that week so i had uh, i had messaged my buddies i was like hey do you want to go to vertical zone? And so we went to vertical zone and then the next day we went back again and we took a day off. And so this was the third time in four days we had gone to vertical zone. I was feeling confident. I had done a double front flip into the foam pit. I was on top of the world. Nothing could bring me down. So I look over at my buddy. I say, I'm going to flip from this trampoline to that trampoline. I say, I want you to lay down in the middle and record me. He said, I'm not going to lay down in the middle and record you, but he said, what I will do is stand over there and record you. And so in the video, you see me attempt to to flip from one trampoline to the other. And I don't know exactly the physics of it, but my ankle was still going down when the trampoline decided to start coming back up. And so I just turned my leg backwards. Felt like a really bad pinch at the time. So I was like, oh. I was like, that's a really bad pinch. I was like, what's going on? And then I kind of see it in the video. You see me kind of look. And then I noticed that my legs on backwards. And that's when all the pain kicked in. And I reached towards God to help me, I think. I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but it was uh, it was a recovery. So I ended up getting surgery about a week later. So I have like 13 pieces of metal stuck down there. Still and, to this day? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they said so- if there's no pain, there's no reason to take them out is essentially what the surgeon said. So what did they say like that you broke? Because yeah, like when the video, I saw it, like your foot was literally like your, your foot was facing the opposite way of the rest of your leg. Yeah. So I broke, I broke my fibula and then there was a shift in my ankle bone that also created like the turnaround on the backwards. So, uh, yeah. So they had to put a plate, 11 screws, and then one right through my full ankle that just keeps it exactly where it's supposed to be. And how long did that take to heal? About two months. And then I was supposed to do a bunch of physio and everything. But instead of that, I decided to just get back on skates about a week later. So so I was doing that. And, you know, there hasn't been any negative repercussions yet. It's not really any more pain in it than any anywhere else on my body. It's just a little bit awkward just knowing that the scar's down there and the metal's down there. I can feel it if I put my hand down there. So like, ah, weird. And then did somebody send it in to Tosh.0 or did you? Like, I don't even know how Tosh.0 works. So I think it, I think it got posted on Reddit is what somebody had told me. And then it really started to take off just getting like hundreds of thousands to like millions of views. And then, yeah, I guess Tosh.0 had seen it and they just, they just put it on. It opened up one of the episodes. It was the first (laughs) video. So I remember when it aired, I didn't know what was going on, but I got a bunch of messages from people going like, Hey, you see this? I'm like, I, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, I'm in my room doing nothing. And then I, I, remember, got, I got sent the actual video from somebody. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I remember seeing you post it. And then I had to like go back and find the Tosh.0 episode because I'm like, what is this? Could you imagine like in today's technology of like, let's say TikTok and Instagram, if that would have happened then and posted, 
how quickly that would have circulated and oh, probably right. everyone would have seen it. Would have been would have been wild. <laughs> yeah, like, it would have been. Like, like quite a lot of people saw it like at the time, but like these days it would have been seen by like, you know, millions of people in, in a day or two. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Final question for you, and then we're gonna play our game. Okay. So if 14-year-old Jordan saw your life right now as it is, what would he be most proud of? I think he'd honestly be most proud of the fact that he's got a really good relationship with his parents and he's been able to kind of follow in dad's footsteps and, and step into the step into the wedding DJ business in that in that sense. Yeah, and I think he'd be really proud to be an uncle to all of his nephews and nieces. So uh yeah. I think just how much I value family and friends and, and how I'm there for them. I think that, that the younger me would be really proud of, of what that means and, you know, how other people see that as well. I love that. I think that's so beautiful. Going to make me cry a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get a little mushy at the end because I just, I've seen you flourish as a person over the years. So I was like, I'm going to turn it on you and I want you to tell me what you're most proud of. Now we're going to get into the fun stuff. So you like to watch movies. I love to watch movies. You love to review movies. And I always see you posting your reviews. So I thought we'd do a this or that about some movies and some TVs. So I'm just going to start firing them off and you tell me which one, okay? Okay. The Conjuring or Insidious? The Conjuring. But the entire the entire franchise that comes yep. with yep. The Conjuring. Okay, me too. I love the conjuring. Like Anna, Annabelle's also a part of that franchise too. Yep. So I'm just I'm big on I'm big on that. I, I feel like they've gone farther with everything than Insidious did. Insidious only made like the three movies. The Conjuring yeah. still keeps going. Like I think the nun falls under the yeah. conjuring too. Yep. All of those are crazy. Hundred uh, percent. Fantastic Beasts or Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Harry Marvel? Potter might be might be an all timer for me. Like it might not even be close to anything. I'm so attached to Harry Potter, like growing up and reading all the books still. Don't judge me, but I just like watched Harry Potter for the first time this year. <laughs> like well, I saw you, like- but had, but had you seen Fantastic Beasts? And now you're like going back and watching. Okay. So it's not like you had like already seen Fantastic Beasts at least. Okay. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I, it's a thrill ride. It's actually a lot more interesting than I thought it was. I, I was very like closed off to trying- to watch certain things growing up and then like I don't know I don't like things that are like so mainstream that everyone's going crazy about so I, even still I kind of just wait till things drop off a little bit or they put so many seasons out and then I can just binge it yeah that's <laughs> right this is a big question Marvel or DC oh Marvel Marvel yeah I think Marvel Marvel and it's not close but I haven't seen any of the TV shows yet and my dad and mom have seen all of the TV shows and I haven't seen any of them so I didn't watch the Falcon and Winter Soldier show I didn't watch the WandaVision but I've seen all the movies but I just haven't seen any of the shows yeah I've seen the movies I haven't seen the shows either Jumanji with Robin Williams or Jumanji with The Rock Robin Williams classic yeah I watch I watch that movie all the time <laughs> that's that's a classic Okay, The Maze Runner or The Hunger Games? Ooh, I like The Maze Runner more, to be honest. And I'm a big, I'm pretty sure that was that was D.O.B., that was Dylan O'Brien that was in The Maze Runner as the main actor. And I'm a big Dylan O'Brien fan, so. Really? See, I haven't seen him in that much. There's a, a movie that just came out. I just watched it not that long ago. I think with my boyfriend. I'm pretty sure it's Dylan O'Brien. It's like a social media one, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. It's... Um... I forget what it's called, but I also watched that. Did you like that? I, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a, a really cool concept. So Yeah, I really liked it. <laughs> I really I was like, this is good. I like that. Star Wars or Star Trek? Are you a Trekkie or Star, Star Wars. I've never seen Star Trek. Yeah. See, my boyfriend's a big Star Wars guy. I buy him everything Star Wars whenever I can. Any birthday, Christmas, and I don't like either. But I just do it just just to be a good girlfriend. He's you're being supportive. You're supporting his his interests. Exactly. He's giving me a hard time in the background. Okay, now shows. Love is Blind or The Circle? Oh, <laughs> oh, this is probably the toughest one you've said so far. <laughs> oh, come on. Love is Blind. Oh, but The Circle <laughs> is so fun, too. It's like the circle people can be good. whoever they want to be. Love is Blind is just like, oh, my gosh. 
especially season one of Love is Blind. Just, yeah, I'm <laughs> 10 years older than him. Like, like, we get it, Jessica. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I have to go with Love is Blind, but it's it's close. Okay, Ratchet or The Haunting of Blind Manor? I don't know if you've seen those. those I, like I've never seen either of those two, so I can't give a proper response. Okay, you have to watch both. CSI or CSI Miami? CSI Miami. CSI New York or CSI Las Vegas? CSI New York. Yeah. Friends or How I Met Your Mother? Oh, that's another one. How <laughs> I Met Your Mother. I'm go- I'm going with it. Really? I have a lot of I have a lot of friends like T-shirts and I have friends shoes, but I loved How I Met Your Mother. Have you started watching How I Met Your Father with Hillary Duff? I think it is. No, and I don't think that I will. If I'm being honest, I tried watching a couple episodes and I just didn't didn't get really into it. It's not I've the heard same. Heard a lot of bad things, and so a lot of times I'll give you know like bad things the benefit of the doubt but i'm just like it just it represents such a good time that i had watching how i met your mother i'm like i just don't know if i can <laughs> that's fair okay brooklyn 99 or parks and rec oh that's those are those are two elite ones too <laughs> i know uh, i did this on purpose brooklyn 99 i'd say but also extremely close love parks and rec me too i'm a love, parks love and rec Monson. chris pratt <laughs> chris pratt, pratt chris like pratt. og like yeah. so good uh, the Office or Modern Family? The Office. Oh, see, I'm a Modern Family kind of gal. I, I love like the- I love Modern Family, but that's my answer. My quick answer shows how much I love The Office. Like The Office is my go-to. Like if I'm in between like movies and don't know what to watch, I will fully just start every and watch every season of The Office. I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna take a few weeks here and just like get into it with Michael Scott. And then a last random one: You or Ozark? I'd say. I got to say you, you was really, really good, but I also really enjoy Bateman and Ozark and just like what that's become, especially the young actress there that plays Ruth and it ended up going yep. to be on Inventing, uh, Inventing Anna as well. Yep. So I, I love Ozark and, and what it's become, but you was just, I think it was monumental in how it changed, like how, what TV shows could be and people just like got so into it. I know it's crazy. Well, that's all I had for today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know you got a busy schedule. So thank you so much for coming on Jordan. I really enjoyed our conversation and I'm getting to really learn more about you as a person. Is there anything else that you want to say before we end this? I just want to say uh, thank you for having me on. It's been an awesome conversation. I've been smiling the whole time. So you've been making me feel great. Uh, So I appreciate that. A little bit of a serotonin boost. And um, yeah, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And I hope that great things are coming for you in the future as well. Thanks so much, Jordan. All right. Well, thank you so much, Vibers. Have a great day. Bye. This week's quote, happiness is a mood. Positivity is a mindset.